We're going to be doing a short uh, sermon series on uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, So the next uh, few weeks we'll be going through this and breaking it down. Um, So we're going to spend some time talking about prayer and what that means and what that looks like uh, from the Lord's Prayer. Uh, So uh, please open your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 11. Um, we will be jumping a little bit from time to time into Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer, uh, but I'll let you know when we do that. Uh, but we'll spend most of our time looking at Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. Um, so Luke chapter 11, um, and we're going to just read verses 1 to 4. So Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 1 to Four. Uh, uh, we'll have it on the screen if you want to follow along uh, as well. All right. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. Follow along with me. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Let's pray. Hey Dad, as we come and talk about what it means to pray and talk to you, I just ask that you help me to do that. Uh, Help me to know what to say. Help me to understand what you want to say to your people, to your family. And we just ask that you would be our Dad as we come to hear from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dad, Daddy, Baba. What do these words mean to you? What emotions do they stir? What memories come to mind? Maybe they bring happiness and joy. Maybe they bring pain and sadness. Maybe they mean nothing at all. And we'll talk more about this in a moment. As we look at our passage today and over these next few weeks, uh, Jesus himself has just finished praying. Uh, This was his usual practice. This is what he would do. And on this occasion, one of the disciples pipes up. He notices that Jesus prays differently. And so he asks, Lord, teach us to pray. And so what we have here and what we have in Matthew as well is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. Uh, And so we're going to ask this same question over these next few weeks. Jesus, teach us to pray. Uh, And so we're going to dig in uh, to the Lord's Prayer, as I said, uh, and learning from Jesus how to pray. Uh, Before we do that, what is prayer? Let's just uh, set some foundations here. What is is prayer? Uh, If you look at Matthew and what Jesus teaches about prayer, 
it's different than the way the world thinks about prayer. Uh, prayer is not something that is done for attention or appearance uh, because our prayer is directed to God, not to the ears of people. Uh, secondly, prayer is not a ritual. Uh, Jesus talks about this in Matthew. Prayer is not a ritual. It's not about how many words you say. It's not about what words you say. Instead, it's something that is between you and God. Uh, it's, it's not a ritual. Uh, and, he, and he points this out in Matthew. God knows what you need. Uh, there's no need for formula, mantras or rituals when it comes to prayer and talking to God. Uh, and so the Lord's Prayer, or as some prefer, the disciples' prayer is a framework. It's a model for prayer. It's not a prescription for prayer. It's not a formula. It's not a mantra. Instead, it demonstrates that prayer is more about what you see of God, your view of God, and the state of your heart. What the Lord's Prayer does is it asks you, who is your God and what is the state of your heart? And lastly, uh, prayer is both personal and corporate. Uh, If you read through both of the Lord's Prayers, uh, Matthew and Luke's here, the, the per, all the pronouns here are plurals. They're not singular. They're all plurals. Prayer is both personal and corporate. It is something that we do on our own, but it is also something that we do together. Uh, and any family who's got more than one kid will know this. Uh, actually, if you've had more than two kids together, you know this. They never speak one at a time. They all speak all together. But the point is that that's what prayer is meant to be like. Corporate prayer particularly is just this open invitation to talk to God. Because we are the family of God. We are children of God. So with that said, uh, let's dig into the Lord's Prayer and see how Jesus teaches us to pray. Jesus starts... And he says, when you pray, say, Father. Father. He says, when you pray, say, hey, Dad. Daddy. Baba. And and some of you think I'm joking or not taking me seriously. But if your picture picturing a kid running up to their parents or running to their dad and saying, Daddy, Daddy, then you're on the right track because that's what Jesus is saying here. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Dad. Father nowadays sounds really formal and really stiff Uh, and it's not what Jesus is talking about here. what we have in the English here, when, when Jesus says Father, it's, it's this word, I don't know if you've heard it before, it's the word Abba, not the, not the band. He calls God, Jesus calls God Abba. And it's the equivalent of Dad, Daddy, Baba. It's this personal, intimate term, not some kind of distant formal term, how many of you are going to go, hey, father, hey, mother? Sounds kind of weird. 
Right? If, if you're just wanting to engage with them, think about what you might call them. This is an, a deeply personal and intimate term like a kid calling for their dad. And this is how Jesus teaches us to pray. He invites us to pray to God as a father, as a dad, in the same way that he does. He has this personal and intimate relationship. And you you read through, particularly John's Gospel, you read through and you see this relationship that Jesus has with his father, with God. And he invites us into that same relationship. He invites us to call God Dad. Just let that sink in for a moment. The God that we get to pray to is not just Father, but Dad. Daddy, Papa. Now, if you're feeling kind of awkward about all of this, there's, it, it highlights this issue that we have. Because, see, the human experience of parents is not always perfect. And I think particularly more so in this generation, we have a real problem with dads in our society. And I don't know about you, But for me, my experience of my dad, my relationship with my dad, colours my experience and my relationship with God. And my dad wasn't a bad dad. I I count myself pretty good, pretty lucky. But my my experience and my relationship with my dad colours the way that I view God. And for a long time, I struggled to understand this intimacy that God invites us to. I struggled to understand this relationship that God offers because he's not just God, but he is Father, he is Dad, Daddy, Papa. And I think for a lot of people, our struggle with God is because we have our earthly experience of fathers or parents. And whatever that experience is, it colours the way that we view God. We're okay with the God who is in heaven, but we struggle with this personal and intimate God who wants us to call him Dad, Daddy, Papa. We're okay with the God who saves us by the work of Jesus from brokenness and sin, but we struggle with this overwhelming love that he pours out on us. We're okay with his grace and his mercy, but we struggle with this deep, intimate love that he offers us. And we don't know what to do with it. Fortunately, though, God is bigger than our earthly experience and struggles. And whatever your experience has been of earthly fatherhood or parents, I want to say this, in Jesus we are given a second chance to discover what that really looks like. We're given a second chance to discover what true fatherhood looks like, what a true parent looks like, because of his love for us. And he is not just God, but he is our dad, our daddy, our 
Papa. Now, if you know the Lord's Prayer, you know how Matthew's version starts. It starts, Our Father who is in heaven. And that is who he is. He is. He is God. He is the God of heaven and earth. He is the King of kings. He is the almighty creator. He is our Father who is in heaven. And so he is both our dad, daddy, papa, but he is also our Father, our heavenly Father, who dwells in the kingdom of heaven. And so there is a certain way that we approach him when we think of this. This is the almighty God, the all-knowing, all-powerful, sovereign, King of kings, Lord of lords. And so we do, we approach him with a certain kind of awe and respect. And I think most people get that. Uh, the, the British royal family, uh, they're not so strict on protocol these days. Uh, and they'll tell you there's no particular way, there's no obligation to greet them in a certain way. But people still do. People like greeting them because they're royal. Um, and so they'll do the curtsy and the bows and everything else. Um, but there are still some things that they do need to do. Uh, as the royal family, there are things that are still uh, expected of them. And so if you're ever in the presence of the Queen of England, if she stands, everybody stands, including her family. It's just one of those things that is required. And so we, rightly so, should approach God with respect, with awe, with honour and the worship that he deserves. He's the creator, he's the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace and so much more. And so we should, we should approach him with awe, with respect and worship. But this is the thing though. We can't sacrifice either when we come to God. He is still our dad, our daddy, our papa, and our father who is in heaven. He is both and they are held together. And nothing is going to change that. Nothing is going to take away from that. Because his care and his concern for you doesn't change based on who you think he is. His care and concern for you is still as great as that but it is also just as great as the King of heaven and earth. God is the Father of the fatherless, the defender of the widows, who loves us so much and loves us by sending his one and only Son, the firstborn of all creation, Jesus Christ, to redeem and save us from brokenness and the plague of sin. And so there's this tension, there's this tension that we hold when we come to God. Because we come to God not just as God, but we come to him as dad, daddy, papa, and father, the God who is in heaven. We come to him on both terms, not one, not the other, but both. He is God, king of kings, lord of lords, creator of heaven and earth. Now, here's the thing. In order to grasp both of these things and hold them together, we need Jesus. 
we need to understand who Jesus is. Because it's easy for people to have this picture of a God who is far off, who is this powerful deity or divine being. People get that. We've had this picture of gods all through history and human society. It's easy to have a God that is far off. But see, when you have Jesus, Jesus changes that. Because Jesus says, you call him dad. This God, you get to call him dad. Now, that doesn't stop people coming to God to pray to him and, and, and seek him and search for him. That doesn't stop them from doing that. But once you meet Jesus, it changes your relationship with God completely. Because God is no longer someone who is far away, who is just simply sitting on the thrones of heaven and uninterested in life. In Jesus, you have someone who is dad and is interested in life. And I said all throughout the Gospel of John, you see this relationship that Jesus has with his father. And, and you just go through and it's just page after page. You see Jesus the Son interacting with God, his father, his Abba father, his dad, with this deep intimacy and person, personal depth that we don't see anywhere else. As Jesus prepares uh, for, for his last days on, on earth, he prepares his disciples uh, for his departure. And he says these words, John 14. <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, from now on you do know him and have seen him. When you meet Jesus, when you know Jesus, you meet the Father. You meet God, Dad, Daddy, Papa. You don't just meet God who is in heaven far away, but you meet God who is intimately connected into daily life. <clears throat> now after Jesus says this, one of his disciples, Philip, says, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. <clears throat> show us the Father and that will be for enough. He didn't get it. And Jesus replies, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me, show us the Father? And so it's only in Jesus that we can truly understand what it means for God to be dad, daddy, papa. When you see Jesus, you understand the character and the heart of God. And if you want to understand the fatherhood of God, you only need to look at Jesus to see the intimacy and the love that God the Father, that God our Dad has for us. And yes, he holds all authority and power in his hands. He is King of kings and Lord of lords, our Father who is in heaven. But see, this is the thing. When, when you not only know Jesus, when you meet Jesus, but when you put your faith and your trust in him, what happens is, you are adopted into the family of God. <clears throat> You're adopted into his family. You become a son, a daughter in the family of God. You are a child of God. And Jesus does that by going to the cross, by shedding his blood, and in his resurrection, adopting those who put their faith and trust in him. And he makes them God's child. 
And so we can call God Dad, Daddy, Papa, because Jesus opens the door and he says, come. Come. Come into the family of God. So how does this change the way that we pray? How does this change the way that we think about God and talk to God? I want to highlight a few ways. Uh, So if you've got your Bibles, uh, jump to Luke where we were. Uh, Because there's a few things I want to pick out from here. Jesus gives us two illustrations uh, after uh, teaching his disciples how to pray. Uh, So we're going to pick up in verse 5. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Verse 9, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. So in this first illustration, uh, Jesus tells this story about a friend uh, who goes over to his friend's house at midnight. I don't know how many people would be up at midnight doing that kind of thing uh, and crashing people's houses, but this happens. So this friend goes to his friend's house and says, I need bread. I've got nothing to give this friend who's gate crashed my house at midnight, but I've got nothing to give him and I want to be hospitable. I want to give him bread. So give me bread so I can do that. Everyone in the house is asleep, but the friend pesters him enough that he eventually gets up to give him bread. Now let me be very clear. The point is, that we, is not that we pester God until he gives us what we want. That's not the point. The point is one of comparison. If we will give in to people who pester us that much, why would our dad Ignore us when we ask him. It's not about pestering God to get what we want. It's a contrast between the fact that people are just... You need to push people sometimes. But you don't need to push with God. You pester people to get what you need out of them. Kids are really good at that. But you don't need to do that with God. You don't need to be the pestering kid who says, God, I need this. Like God hears you. Your dad hears you in prayer. And he responds without the need for pestering, without the need of going back over and over again. And what does Jesus say? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. We have this open access to our Abba Father, our dad, our daddy, our Baba, our Father who is in heaven. And we don't need to pester him. We don't knock endlessly on the door of heaven as we pray to get his attention. We need only to ask, to seek, and to knock. The door is open. And so when we pray, we have access to God, our Father, our Dad, our Daddy, our Papa, 
There's, there's no pestering. There's no effort. There's no striving that is needed. When we come to him in prayer, we need only ask, seek, and knock. Now, the second illustration is what uh, we read with the kids this morning in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so Jesus points to the earthly experience of fathers and parents. And here's the thing, and I said this before, God knows what you need. And he says here, that how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God knows what we need and he blesses us spiritually to live the life that we are called to live. Jesus says in Matthew uh, 6, he says, don't be like the world, don't be like the pagans, the Gentiles, don't be like the world, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, as I said to the kids earlier, it's, it's not about what we want, not about what we think we need, but instead what God knows that we need. And if you read uh, further down in Matthew 6, we get to this uh, section where Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And he goes on to say, don't worry, don't be anxious. And it follows after the Lord's Prayer. It says, if God knows what you need, and you ask him, and he will give you what you need, Don't worry. Don't be anxious. And so Jesus calls us to depend and to trust God to provide what we will need. Above all, the spiritual resources in the Holy Spirit to live this life. God gives abundantly and he gives of himself. The Holy Spirit is of himself. It is him that he gives in the Holy Spirit to enable and equip us to live this life. And so when we pray, we pray that this is not a God who's going to turn a blind eye because we're not saying the right words, we're not doing the right thing or whatever it is. No, this is a God who will give generously, who will abundantly give of his spirit to enable us to live this life. This ties back to our series on 1 Thessalonians. We can pray trusting that God will complete his work of sanctification, making us more like Jesus day by day. This is someone that we can depend on. This is our Heavenly Father who is in heaven, but is also our dad, our daddy, our papa, that we can come to in full trust and full knowledge that he will provide us what we need to live this life. So how does Jesus teach us to pray? He teaches us to approach God as a child approaches a parent. There's a deep personal and intimate relationship in that. And Jesus says, call him father, call him dad, daddy, papa. Now whether you call God that or not is not the point. I'm not trying to make you all uncomfortable and change the way you pray. But when we pray, 
we don't simply pray to a God who is far off, but one that is near and is ready and willing to hear us and respond to us. And so Jesus shows us that this is who God is. This is your father. This is your dad. But he's not just any dad. This is the dad who sits on the throne of heaven, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He holds the world in his hands and he sustains every moment with his word. And we have open access to him. This is not a throne room where we have all these protocols that we need to go through to get access to. No, we walk in through the doors regardless of what's going on around and we approach the throne of heaven. We approach God. We approach Dad with no obstructions, with no boundaries, with no limits. We have open and free access him and so we can do that without any doubt without any hesitation when we come to him in prayer and if we are ever in doubt or hesitation we only need to look back to jesus and see his relationship with his father because when you see jesus and his relationship with his father there is a deep dependence that he has on the father And understand this. Jesus' dependence and reliance on God is not something trivial. It's not something that we can just go and say, oh, it's his Jesus, his God. That's easy for him. Now, in Philippians, Paul says Jesus left his divinity in heaven. And he takes the form of a man. And what we see in Jesus and his earthly life is exactly what we experience day to day. Jesus experiences the hardships and the challenges, the joys and the ups and downs of life the same way that we do. He leaves his divinity in heaven and he relies on God and the power and the enabling of the Holy Spirit just as much as we do, as much as we need to. Jesus doesn't tap into some divine source of power And he taps into the Holy Spirit because he's left that in heaven. He walks this earth and he experiences life just like you and me. Otherwise, his life is meaningless. If Jesus doesn't understand this earthly life the way that we do, his life and everything he's done is meaningless. Because all we do is say, he's God. It, It doesn't work for me. No, when you look at Jesus, everything that he does and all that he is flows out of a deep dependence on God and he does that in prayer. Nothing Jesus does is because he is God. His earthly life, nothing that he does in his earthly life is done because he is God. It is done because he is a man who submits himself to God in prayer and relies solely on the Holy Spirit and knows that he is a child of God. Get your head around that. But this is the thing. When we get that, when we understand that, that this God is not someone who is far off, that is unapproachable, but is someone that we can call Dad, 
and we have open access to him, we can come to him in confidence. We can come to him with full assurance that we're not going to be turned away or turned back, but instead this is someone who will hear us and meet with us when we need him. And so in the words of Hebrews, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's pray. Dad, thank you that in Jesus we can come to you freely and openly and without hesitation. And we pray that you help us as your children who put our faith and trust in you. Help us to know how that changes the way we talk to you and engage with you. Help us to know that nothing holds us back when we come to you. Help us to see and help us to ask. Help us to seek and help us to knock that we can come to you when we need you. So you Help us to do that so that we can come in confidence. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.